Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awesomeo.com NBA Strategy Show on this wonderful Tuesday morning. I'm Dave Lockran on Twitter at Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. And with me, Josh Engelman at Josh Engelman. What's going on, brother? Not too much, man. I've been up and at him so far today. I've already done 90 minutes of a show, two contender shows. It's been a big morning so far. I'm ready to get after it. It's impressive. You ran a couple miles, I'm assuming, too. I certainly did not. <laughs> The um the show that you're doing in the morning now the process it's funny because that was actually the the name that we were going to give this show back when I first came over to Osmo and you and I were brainstorming names we were thinking about doing something very similar with that except it yeah. eventually turned into the strategy show so the process every morning what do you do at six thirty a.m. 6.30 a.m. Uh, until we make it through all the teams. So on days where there's not a lot of games, it'll probably be a relatively quick one. On days like, you know, Friday, I think we have an 11-gamer. That one's going to be quite a chore. Well, I salute you, fella. And you what? It's you fun, go through, man. You go, through, you go through the process, everything, how you're setting rotations and all of that good stuff. Really, actually yeah. important stuff to understanding how to start your day off building lineups and, and getting everything right going into the night. Right. It's one of the things we don't really see get done in the industry. Uh, like we we allude to it a lot, but we never really do any content for it. And I think it's important as something to show sort of how the how the food gets made, so to speak. Uh, like, you know, I'm sure that Alex does slightly different things than I do. But in the grand scheme of things, we are all just trying to figure out who's going to play certain minutes and adjusting rates accordingly. The mechanism might be different, but if you're not doing that, you're probably not making good projections. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually, that was something that when I came over, you taught me how to do in the sense that I would always project minutes, but you gave me a way to do it much simpler and a much more like a, a neater process, not like neat as in cool, but neat as in it's all right in front of you. It's a lot easier to 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 read. And it also makes doing shows easier too. like makes doing your fir- your shows after that a lot easier because you've got everything right in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I've already taken a lap through this. I've talked about my top plays and my contenders videos already. I have this slate in my brain already, Uh, you know, injuries, whatever. Working your way through that once is massive for helping me to do shows as we move forward. Today's show, 
everybody, sponsored by Super Draft. And if you mm-hmm. haven't heard, Super they partnered with Caesars Rewards to Super Draft. To, I almost forgot about that. Caesars Rewards has transformed the DFS industry forever. The opportunity to make serious cash has never been better for a DFS player with low rake, high stakes contests that are expecting huge overlays as Super Draft rapidly grows. I know last night you had some monster overlay. Hopefully all of you guys were aware of that and made sure to jump in. Uh, You're going to be seeing that for a little while now as they grow this platform and get everybody over there to start playing and start winning money. The great thing too is Super Draft has been around a little while, but they haven't really exploded yet, which means... If you haven't gotten over there yet, you're still getting in pretty much on the ground floor. So you can figure out ways to, to improve your process and get an edge, whereas you're not 100 steps behind anyone that's been playing on FanDuel or DraftKings for years. Uh, but, I mean, you've got bonuses, too. You get Caesar rewards, program, uh, Caesar rewards with every contest you enter for whether it's football, basketball, baseball, uh, NASCAR, MMA, golf, all of that stuff. They've got everything all year round. And when you use the promo code AWESOMO21, it's A-W-E-S-E-M-O-2-1, all one word, you get $50 free on your first deposit of $50 or more. So download it now in the App Store or go to superdraft.io. Check it out. They're running a lot bigger contest than we've seen in the past. And the Caesars rewards are a huge deal, especially for all of us. And I say all of us because we all love whether it's sports betting, whether it's DFS, whether you're Ben Rossa and you're playing Buffalo slots at, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. We've all got our thing. So it's hand in hand. Gotta love it. What does they say? Glove on hand? Yeah, I don't know. You, you are right, though. We do all have our thing, and it appears that your thing is doing reads for guys that aren't our sponsor today. Welcome to the No House Advantage Strategy oh Show. Awesomeo.com. That's not good. That oh, wasn't me. dude. You're right. <laughs> well, I just lost my job and potentially a sponsor. Should I be worse? I, I, I've, we, we've said way worse stuff on shows that would lose us sponsors. Um, yeah, this one's just an accident. Have. Well, the great thing is No House Advantage is pretty awesome as well. And uh, <laughs> you got peer-to-peer player props over there. If you're looking to use the promo code for that, which I'm sure you are, use the promo code AWESOMO to get $25 in free play. It's peer-to-peer player props, and we have the free projections at AWESOMO.com. That's the great thing about this, right? Superdrive may have gotten a, f- a free plug, Josh, but both yeah. of these sites are awesome, and uh, both of them are giving out free money at this point. When you're trying to build a platform, you're going to be giving out a lot of free money. You're going to see overlay, and you're going to get some awesome deposit bonuses as well. So use the promo code AWESOMO and uh, make it happen, baby. Beat your friends, not the house. Go and download the No House Advantage app or check it out at nohouseadvantage.com. All right. Obviously, those guys are competitors in the DFS space. I mean, that's no no secret, as is FanDuel to DraftKings. But two very distinctly different game styles for SuperDraft and for No House Advantage. No House Advantage, straight props, ranking those with confidence intervals. The other one is going to be multipliers on your projections. So uh, they are two very different games. You would be It would be in your best interest to be playing both of them. For sure. And the best thing, like, throughout the day, your your research is going to lead you to the same places. You know yep. what I mean? For it's going to sure. lead you to the same places. Your process is different when you're building lineups. But one of them, you're putting in like eight of your favorite props by confidence interval, like Josh said. The other one, you're doing it by multiplier. So check it out. No House Advantage. Use the promo code AWESOMO. Get $25 when you sign up. Completely free $25, by the way. All right. You ready to dive into this? Let's do it, man. Happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you like what we do here and you haven't done so yet. 
Uh, yesterday, pretty wild. Monster performances across the board from LeBron James to uh, DeJounte Murray with eight steals in the game to Van Vliet and Siakam going off in, in a pretty easy win against Memphis. That's just a couple of the names that absolutely popped off last night on that eight-game slate. Oh, I did not have nearly enough of those guys. Uh, Porzingis went crazy, 64 and a half fantasy points out a ton of blocks. Middleton went for 60 on FanDuel. Uh, Joval, Jokic, Malik Beasley, Bradley Beal, Van Vliet, Siakam, Curry, SGA, Booker, all north of 50 fantasy points on FanDuel. It was really, really wild. And it's crazy. LeBron James was the highest scoring FanDuel player, 69.8 points. Was not in the winning lineup on FanDuel. Amazing. And it's also amazing that the two most recent games that Anthony Davis missed, they played bad teams and went to overtime in both of them. Against oh, yeah. Detroit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Against Detroit, where they were like, what, 12-point favorite? It might have been nine-point yeah. favorites after the Davis Double game. OT. And then against a banged-up OKC team, they both went to overtime. By the yeah. way, it appears that the Houston Rockets just decided not to play in the fourth quarter, thought this was – uh, a, a a much shorter game than it actually was. They scored seven points in the fourth quarter. And you best believe I did have a lot of De, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. And somebody, I, I read a comment that was like, uh, on the deeper dive afterwards, it's like, these guys, because I told you, I always read the comments, leave a comment uh, after the show. I always check them out. So I was like, these guys are misleading you. Look what they said about Cousins. And then he goes, and Cousins is 47% on. So, yeah, we caused that 47% ownership on a guy that's like a 1.4 fantasy point per minute producer. It's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're, we're giving this advice because we want to do twice as much work in a day. Yeah. I mean, normally, DeMarcus Cousins has monster performances. Pretty much every time Christian Wood has been out, DeMarcus Cousins has gone off. It's just the way it works. Sometimes they stink, and the entire Houston Rockets team was atrocious yesterday. They scored seven points in the fourth uh, anything else from yesterday's contest? No, not really. Uh, I, you needed to have a few of those monster performances. There was not, there was a very clean path to what you needed to win. And uh, you know, some of that was tough, pretty difficult to get to. I had some of the pieces. I was heavy on Porzingis. I had enough uh, Murray, pretty light on LeBron, but Malik Beasley was really a key piece on FanDuel that I just didn't have enough of. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's time to dive into this one. We're going to start doing the fantasy uh, cruncher lineup study again, starting next week, hopefully at the beginning of shows. I know a lot of you guys like that only takes up five or so minutes of the show, but uh, from a lineup study standpoint on a great, great site like fantasy cruncher, it gives us a good idea of what we were looking at, who won, who lost, what their lineups looked like, what their exposures looked like. It gives us a a good read going into the next day, even though it's entirely different. So let's do it, man. Uh, Brooklyn and Detroit, Brooklyn Nets, once again, will be without Kevin Durant, who didn't seem all that happy on Twitter the other day. They're still seven-point favorites, though, 232 over-under. And uh, I'll say this. the Since the James Harden trade, they are 29th in defensive rating, 119 points per 100 possessions, and they're averaging almost 102 possessions per 48. So when you add on top of that the fact that they're, they have a 119.4 offensive rating, which is third best in the league, from an opponent's standpoint, and if one of their big guys is out like Durant, this team really does make for a, a fantasy goldmine just from a pace and overall points perspective. 
Yeah, uh, the problem here for me is that I don't know how much I'm actually going to get to. Um, Harden and Kyrie look fine. I don't really know what to make of James Harden's usage rate now that he's in Brooklyn. It's minuscule. It's even minuscule when Kevin Durant isn't on the floor. I don't entirely understand how that's possible, but apparently it is. I don't really know how to project him, and he's 11K on FanDuel and 10-9 on DraftKings. He looks okay to me. He's getting a ton of ownership. I just really don't understand what he's doing offensively. So I think like Harden, Kyrie, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, they all look like similar plays to me relative to their salary. I have no idea who's going to be the guy that truly dominates from a usage perspective, because I think that's the key piece between Harden and Kyrie. But so far it hasn't been Harden. No, it really hasn't. Now, 1.43 fantasy points per minute and 187 minutes without Durant. But when you're looking at James Harden's price point, he's priced as the highest player overall on DraftKings and the highest priced player on FanDuel as well. So 1.42 DraftKings points per minute is phenomenal for almost any player in the league. But remember, when it was without Westbrook last year, he was like 1.75. I know. He's – it's – I don't understand what is happening. I don't know why he's not shooting more. It makes zero sense to me. Do you have any thought process as to why it's happening? I know. I I mean, here's the thing. He has a 45% assist rate uh, in these circumstances. So he's still producing numbers at a pretty decent rate. And I I can't help but think that this is something that will start to correct itself. And and the reason I say that is outside of Kyrie Irving, is it really sustainable to see guys like, you know, Joe Harris wrestling away all of the usage from him or, or Jeff Green. DeAndre Jordan is basically just at, at this point and for most of his career has just been a guy that that grabs lobs, right? That's that's yeah. all it is. Like he scores on putbacks or on lobs generally from James Harden. So uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine Landry Shamet and Timothy uh, Lawawu Cabarro are the guys that are are really impacting his usage that much, which to your point makes it really strange. Yeah, I, like I... I'm not giving him his normal usage. I'm not giving him the 22% that he's had either. Uh, You know, I've got him in like the high-ish 20s, and I don't think that that works at 11K. I'm just not as interested. I'd be more likely to go to Kyrie, I think. Yeah, I think probably around, like, if you saw him with 30% going forward in this situation, it'd be fine. He has double-digit assists in five straight games. He's triple-doubled in two of his last four. So I think there's still some value there. But on a seven-game slate, you are dealing with some other good players here. Like, you've got Embiid, who's been remarkable. We can talk about opportunity cost at center, of course. But you've got Stephen Curry coming off a pretty solid game against the same Spurs team. And you have Damian Lillard, again, with no C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic, facing the Orlando Magic, whose defense apparently only seems to be getting worse, Josh. So I I think that definitely makes it a a little bit more difficult to say, I'm going to pay an absolute premium for James Harden. I actually still have Harden as my favorite play coming out of Brooklyn, um, but I would be more likely to get to Kyrie in a GPP because I think Harden is over-owned. So in your initial crunches, how much James Harden did you get? Uh, so right now, uh, he came up 14% in my sim. We have him 27% owned. I would be likely to have like 10% James Harden today. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing, though. We have him at 27%. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a lot on this slate. It really is. It really it, it really, really is. I have other places that I would rather pay up. And the rest of Brooklyn, outside of James Harden getting that 27%, you have Irving at 16%, uh, and then it just falls off a cliff after that. There's no one in the, even above five. So I, I think at least with Kyrie Irving, you, you can always make the argument that 
at a low 9K price point. He does have a pretty high ceiling, but he hasn't really shown it lately. So can you grab a 60 fantasy point game from, from Kyrie Irving here? Yeah, I think you can, but among the guys based are priced around him. Where does he fall into uh where does he fall into it for you? Uh, let me take a look. Because you've got Tatum, you have Randall, you have Vooch, different positions, of course, but just a right. few of the guys that are similarly priced. Even De'Aaron Fox is similarly priced now. All right, so Kyrie is at 9,300. You're not going heavier than that because I greatly prefer Dame to Kyrie today. Yeah, and that's why I just went straight down, yeah. Yeah, so I would rather have Tatum, or I would rather have Kyrie over Tatum. I would rather have him over Randall. I would have Vooch by, like, many, 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 many multiples. Um De'Aaron Fox, I would rather have over Kyrie at 88. Uh, but after that, it's it's mostly Kyrie. He he does fit in a really narrow window there, but Vooch and Fox are pretty firmly ahead of him. Vooch going up against Ennis Cantor in that that Portland front court. Yeah. yeah. The, the same one that Embiid scored 31 points in the first half against. Yeah, I think I think he might have a point there. And we'll get to that one. But let's uh, close this game out with Detroit first. They just traded away Derrick Rose, and somehow Der- uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is involved in, like, every trade. It's it's absurd. Yeah. And then he just never plays. But uh, Wayne Ellington's He's going to play now. What's that? He's going to play now. You would certainly think so, right, with Killian Hayes still out. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Jackson. We don't know if Dennis Smith Jr. is going to play. Wayne Ellington is questionable. DeLon Wright is questionable. This one kind of gets a bit messy not having the uh, information that we need throughout the – or in the morning. The good news is, at least for right now, you really only have to pay attention to the guys that are uh, like actual NBA players. So uh, Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, DeLon Wright, all picking up ownership, you know, somewhere in the 15 to 20% range. I agree with all of it. Uh, I like Jeremy Grant quite a bit today. 7,800 on FanDuel, only 7K on DraftKings. Uh, That's just a price tag that's too low for someone doing the things that he does on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Mason Plumley on DraftKings at 5,800 is in play. On 5,700, I don't really care for him all that much on FanDuel with only one center spot. But outside of those four guys, I'm not rostering. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anything else coming from the Pistons? I only want the guys that are going to be playing north of 30 minutes that are like true NBA players. Let me ask you, though. What if DeLon Wright doesn't play because he's been playing a lot of minutes? Assuming that obviously we don't get DSJ either. I mean, Sadiq or Saban Lee is probably going to play like a pretty extended run at point guard. You probably see Frank Jackson uh, get in some minutes as well. Um, I'm guessing Sfi probably picks up enough minutes to become like a pay down option. That's not a problem. 
It's if, if DeLon Wright is out though, it is really, really ugly. I, I assume we see a little bit of like plake, pl- yeah, plake point Blake. Um, yeah. That might have to happen just because it's going to be a better option than half of this other garbage that the Pistons are running out. Well, I think we'd see some point Jackson too. Uh, Josh Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that, that, this is one that we all, we can only, you know, prime, get you primed for the, for the rest of the day. There's no real reason to, to, to try and figure all of this out because as of now, Wright Jackson and Smith jr. Are all questionable and Killian Hayes remains out. So. Like you could potentially see Lee as the only player on like that actually has any real point guard eligibility being active for this game. So uh, any other thoughts on Detroit? No, not really. It's, it's really just Grant Wright and uh, Blake for me with Plumlee a little bit more on uh, DraftKings. All right, let's talk about the Knicks then on the road against Miami 207 and a half total. That is just atrocious. Really, really ugly. Their implied total is barely above 100 points. They just traded for Derrick Rose. Uh, I don't think he plays today. Maybe you do, but yeah, I, 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 I don't. He's not playing today. Yeah, I, I don't see any way Derrick Rose plays today. So that doesn't really have a huge impact, though, because when Dennis Smith Jr. is the guy that you're losing, you know, I, I don't necessarily know what to think about that. So let's start with the Knicks in the backcourt. Give me one second. I'm responding to producer extraordinaire Jordan Klein on the back end. All right. All right, we're good. Nick's backcourt. Yeah, so apparently it's just Alfred Payton now. Um, But I think it would be easier to describe this game like this. You can play Julius Randle on FanDuel. He's uh, 24% owned. The next highest owned guy on the Knicks on FanDuel is 5% owned Alec Burks. On DraftKings, Randle is at 7.8%. That's the highest of anybody. So... I would play Julius Randle on FanDuel, but I think he's over-owned. I would play Elford Payton on DraftKings at 4,800 now that he's getting 30 minutes again and not a lot of ownership. And then I wouldn't play anyone else from the Knicks. They look terrible. This is a terrible DFS game. They're the slowest team in the league. Miami's slow to 208 total on a seven-gamer. I'm not interested in anything other than Randle and Payton. Okay. It's funny, you know, last week I talked about quickly gaining minutes and and gaining minutes considerably under Tom Thibodeau, went from 23 to 25 to 27 to 30. And then on that same day where I say, hey, probably a pretty decent tournament option, Alfred Payton comes out, scores like 10 and 8 in the first quarter and quickly hasn't played since. Yeah, it's... And now who the hell knows who's going to be taking a haircut in this rotation now that Derrick Rose is here? Probably him. Like Smart smart move, Knicks. Another just great decision by the New York Knicks. I don't understand. And given Tom Thibodeau's history of just running his vets out there, even on an uncompetitive team, I I think quickly is going to, as you said, be the one to take the haircut. So that – I don't get I don't get it. Why even trade for Derrick Rose? What are you doing? I don't understand that. Yeah, Are, Are they trying to make a run here? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they want to be a really good ninth seed and play in the play-in tournament. What a heroic effort that would be. Oh, it's terrible. Anything else for uh, the Knicks in the front court? Julius Randle seems to be at a semi-reasonable price, but it's a, it's a matchup that's only going to get more difficult as Miami begins to fully get healthy, which they've done over the past week or so. Um, but this is just a really low-projected scoring game for a pretty decent-sized slate. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I filled out my section of the our strategy syllabus earlier. The Knicks are the team that I think is the team to avoid. And I don't exactly feel all that great about Miami either. You know, BAM is 25% owned on FanDuel. I think that ownership is perfect. I would like to have about 25% of BAM at 8,800 as well. Jimmy Butler is at 14%. I think he's a little over-owned. On DraftKings, Butler is the highest owned guy on Miami at 9%. I don't think that anybody should be higher on that team than 6%. This is my least favorite game of the slate. And outside of Julius Randle and Bam on FanDuel, I'm mostly not interested. Outside of Elford Payton on DraftKings, I'm not interested. This game okay. stinks. All right. So it's not just the Knicks. This is the game in general. And yeah, I mean, these, the, the teams are so slow. Like the Knicks are the slowest team by a mile. Miami is the eighth slowest team. So we're talking about a very minimal amount of expected possessions. I have the pace projected for this game at... 93.6. Yeah. Awful. And by the way, the Knicks defense actually hasn't been bad recently. So even which is even and like obviously Miami is like a smart team. This is just no sign to this points like it's going to be a good DFS output. Right. I, I don't unless it goes to like triple overtime, you're probably looking at a, an ugly game. And the total here really bears that out. 207 and a half is remarkably low. And to put that in context, there isn't a game below 222 other than this on this slate. So I think we uh, take the t- take that take that as an opportunity to spend additional time on other games. Let's talk about Houston and New Orleans. The uh, Rockets playing second of a back to back here, Josh. They're five and a half point dogs, 222 and a half total. I mentioned at the top of the show, but it, what a disastrous performance from them yesterday, top to bottom. You couldn't name anyone that 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 was at least reasonably high on that came out of this one alive. I guess Sterling Brown off the bench was, was solid at, at $3,500, but man, they scored seven points, seven points in the fourth quarter, got blown off the court. And now they've got to do it all over again against the Pelicans with Oladipo out and John Wall in this time. Yeah. Oladipo got 40 FanDuel points. It was wildly uninteresting there. Um, I guess that was okay, but not, yeah. But we got to go right back to them. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is still the same price on FanDuel, 6K at center. He's 40% owned right now. Stop misleading people. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't think that he should be 40% owned either. I'd rather play 100% of Nikola Vucevic, so we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, John Wall's got to be owned on both sites. He's at like 15%. Eric Gordon, same story. Jayshon Tate is getting owned on DraftKings. I really like Houston again today, and I'm going straight back to them. I'm going to assume that yesterday was an aberration. Now with Wall, with Gordon, uh, I'm going to have a lot of DeMarcus Cousins. I think Cousins, Wall, Gordon, and Tate are my four favorite guys in this game. And guys that I think you should have in like, 10 to 20% of your lineups. Yeah. And by the way, Demarcus Cousins played 17 minutes in the first half. So mm-hmm. this is, this was not like he, he, his 25 minutes was just because he was, Silas was only giving him 25 minutes. No, he was easily on pace to play another 30 plus minutes. Yep. Uh, he only played eight minutes in the third quarter, but still that's, that's 25 minutes right there. And he didn't play the final 16 minutes of the game because they got blown off the floor. I, I, I'm, you know, projecting him for another 30 plus here. I, I have him at 30, Josh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he played 32. Yesterday, he was he was on pace to close the game and play around 32 minutes. So I gave him 30, and I still think he looks great. Exactly. Yeah, you don't need more than that. Just on a per minute basis, he's an absolute monster. Yesterday's game for this entire team was dismal, though. 
What about John Wall, though? He's in Oladipo's out. They're flipping on the back-to-backs. He looks properly owned to me. Showed up in my Sims on FanDuel 13% of the time. That's where he's owned. 16% of the time on FanDuel or on DraftKings, he's 18% owned. Uh, To me, John Wall is just filler today. He looks good, but he doesn't look better than the public already thinks he is. It looks like as of now, at least early in the morning, Sterling Brown is getting a little bit of attention after what we saw yesterday. You mentioned guys like Jay Sean Tate. Uh, Daniel House got some ownership yesterday being placed into the starting lineup. We thought maybe it would be David Nwaba. It wasn't. Um, but Nwaba Brown is... played like 35 minutes or something stupid, too. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, his yeah, The rotations were insane. He played... Nwaba played 32, but he also played the last 16 minutes of the game. Uh, right. And that... I don't know if you want to call that an indictment on him because they were mm-hmm. awful. But, yeah. He's been like their best plus-minus guy this year. Is he? Yeah. He he ranks really high in, like, Raptor and PIPM and stuff so far this season. House played just shy of 31 minutes. Sterling Brown played 28. Um, Yeah, I I don't know, dude. When it comes to Sterling Brown, are you trying to catch lightning in a bottle? It's it's tough to say. He shot three of nine, one of six from three. It just so happens that his peripherals are pretty nice and he was dirt cheap. And he's going to play less today. Uh, it's it's not just one guy coming back for Oladipo. You're offsetting Oladipo and Wall, but you're also bringing back Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon for 30-something yeah. minutes. So, uh, you know, whether it's Nawaba or Sterling Brown or Ben McLemore that's truly taking the big steps back, even if you give Sterling Brown, what, like 24 minutes? He's sure he's like a perfectly fine $3,200 paydown option, but I don't feel like you're going to get enough out of him to really want to pay down all the way. I don't think there's enough points there. I think 24 minutes is even too high. Um, I, I gave him 20, but even out, even in a rosy, we're projecting him for 21% ownership. So uh, I'm just trying to make the, you know, think like, where am I, where could I possibly be wrong? Right. No, but I hear you. This is something we looked at on the process show, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, which started today. <laughs> and it's totally free. It is uh, totally free. But Brown played three and a half minutes to close out the game when they were down by like 25 points at that point. So you have to think that he probably would have only gotten around 25 if that game was close, maybe even less. And he was playing somewhat decently. Uh, 20 minutes sounds about right here, Josh, because Eric Gordon is going to come back into the mix and play 30 plus easily. Exactly. I gave Eric Gordon 33 minutes. He's going to be the priority more so than anybody else. So uh, I, I like cousins, wall, Gordon Tate. I think those are the guys that have the firmed up minutes that aren't going to really matter what anybody else is doing. Uh, But you know, the public is already there for most of this stuff. So nobody is grading out as like a guy that I think you should be very heavy on, but they are guys that I think that are perfectly acceptable filler. I know I've said this a lot this season, but the Pelicans have become one of those teams that went healthy or just really hard to feel great about. And yeah. ownership tends to bear that out every single day that they're on the slate because from Lonzo Ball, who I think, you know, reasonably priced. We can talk about that. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson being pretty much the same price every game, uh, at least on DraftKings. They're right around that same uh, neighborhood. And then it's just Bledsoe and Steven Adams. None of these guys jump off the page right now at their current price points. No, uh, uh, well, depends which site we're looking at. So like, I was Zion, DraftKings, yeah. yeah, Zion's at 18% ownership on FanDuel. I, I think that's exactly where it should be. Uh, I think Ingram and Bledsoe probably a, a hair under own. They're both under 10% on FanDuel, but I'm not saying that it should be 20 or something like that. I don't mind getting to either of those three guys on the drafting side though. I have a little bit of interest in Steven Adams at 5,900. We haven't projected for one and a half percent ownership. 
I just want to take shots on, you know, starting centers that aren't getting owned literally at all. I think he shows up in the optimal like 10% of the time. So even just getting 10% of Steven Adams at one and a half percent ownership is nice leverage to me, but he's not a guy that you're like locking in. No one else on the Pelicans from a DraftKings perspective shows up in the optimal lineup more than 7% of the time in my data. So I don't really care for the Pelicans all that much uh, in the grand scheme of things, but they do make for some like mildly interesting pivots, at least with Steven Adams. The thing about Zion too is, you know, 8,200 on DraftKings. He is a very good player. But when you're looking at just his overall ability to put up monster games, it's not there. You look at our boom bust probability tool, which is amazing. Hopefully you guys all have checked that out, whether it's through the the $1 weekly trials or or you're a premium sub and you're sticking with us for a while. Go to awesome.com slash join, by the way. Uh, to get the ownership, the boom bust, the top stacks tool, the lineup builder, the fantasy cruncher add-on, all of them outside of fantasy cruncher built by the number one ranked DFS player, Osimo himself. They're amazing tools. They help people win money. And my God, the screenshots have been flowing in. I've been getting a lot of mentions the past couple of days, Josh, 13,000 here, 15 here, 10,000 there. And that's just since Sunday. Don't worry. I'll make sure to tag you tonight when I get one too. Let's, Let's do it. But Zion Williamson has a boom probability of 7.9%. That is basically the same as Seth Curry and Duncan Robinson. He has a bust probability of 62.9%. And I think the reason Alex has it like this is because Zion's good, but you just don't get those big ceiling games from him very often. I don't know what his ceiling is at this point. Let me look at where I have his standard deviation set. And I'll try to set a filter up for uh, just guys that have played as much as him. So I have him in my database at 2,852 total possessions. So I'm just going to look at guys that have played at that number or more just to see uh, where he's ranking out from a a standard deviation perspective. Because I think that's what's skewing him a little bit right now. It seems like it's not all that high, but let's find out. So if I sort this out. By standard deviation. The, okay, so the, and just for, uh, I don't think people will be surprised by these numbers. The biggest standard deviation I have on a per possession basis, but, you know, same thing for per minute, is Hassan Whiteside. Joel Embiid is second. Christian Wood is third. You're going to see centers in these spots because they can pick up a lot of rebounds. Steals and blocks really change your score aggressively. So you're more likely to see these type of guys show up with uh, big time standard deviations. Zion doesn't really do those things. He's not much of a defensive rebounder. He's more of an offensive rebounder. So I'm anxious to see uh, where he actually ends up being in this little spot. I I can't, I haven't even found him yet as I'm scrolling down. Um, Zion actually, you know what? That is wild. So Whiteside is at 0.16. The lowest standard deviation that I have in this group of people is KCP, 0.8, 0.08 points per possession. Zion is also quite low in comparison to other guys that hold his sort of same esteem. Zion as a standard deviation, 0.107. So like 50% of Hassan Whiteside, 40% of, or 60% of Hassan Whiteside, 60% of Joel Embiid, Christian Wood. He just doesn't have like highly variant outcomes. 
He really does. It, and by the way, it comes anyone, out, it comes out in the, on the, like on the surface, there aren't on a per minute basis that have less variability in their performance than Zion. That's true. Uh, for anyone wondering what you were just doing, you just mentioned it. Like you're looking for to see that variability in performance there. And I think that's one thing that you do quite often in order to give you good tournament lineups. Literally no one on a per minute, like their normal fantasy points per minute is a better permanent producer than Zion that has a, that is below him in standard deviation. Like he sets that mark. It, he's, he's very unique in that regard. All right. Anything else for new Orleans? Not really. I think they're mostly in a void today. Uh, I just, I do like Zion on FanDuel at 8,400 just because possession positions are different. You have to get two guys at that position, no matter what you have to fill up 200%, no matter what. Otherwise it's kind of just Adams on DK. All right. Well, now we've got Golden State and the San Antonio Spurs. This is a back-to-back, both of them in San Antonio, which we've seen a lot of this season, just with COVID protocols trying to reduce travel. The Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry coming off a a decent game. He was fine, 32 points, 54 fantasy points. I still think he's overpriced most nights. Like, you know, I I don't see much reason that Curry should be more expensive than Damian Lillard, but – I don't know. Maybe you do. And if he's 10-4, I don't understand why Nikola Vucevic is at 8,900. But this is the world we live in, Josh. <laughs> oh, man, this Golden State team. So Curry gets ownership. I never get to him. It's really – it's never fun. But 10-4 and 10-4 on both sites is just a price tag that I don't really want all that frequently. I'd much rather get to Kelly Oubre, Wiggins, or Draymond Green. All four of those guys are about 15% owned on FanDuel. On DK, it's very heavy on Kelly Oubre and Wiggins, less so on Curry and Green. I agree with those marks, but I think that everybody from Golden State is pretty over-owned on DK outside of maybe Draymond, but 8% is uh, it's hard to be over-owned at 8%. On FanDuel, though, I would say Ubre and Wiggins are my two favorite options from Golden State. There's no chance I'm getting to anybody else from the Warriors outside of the four guys I mentioned. Dude, I know that – I understand that you don't need to have particularly high usage to be a good fantasy play, right? And if, say, Ben Simmons was 6,900, we'd probably roster a lot of him, but – Draymond Green just had a 50 fantasy point game with two field goal attempts and he made zero of them. Like he made zero field goals over two shooting on the day and finished with 50 fantasy points. While we've seen him do weird stuff like that in the past, his salary was at 4,900 just four games ago on DraftKings. Now he's up to 6,900. Really the question is which Draymond Green should we be expecting going forward? Because the one difference here is shot volume still really low, but he has played 36 plus minutes in three of his last four games. And that is something we weren't seeing earlier in the year at at all. Yeah. I've got him in for 34 minutes here. And even if he only does take two shots, like he still might be okay. Uh, Shows up in the optimal for me, 12% of the time on FanDuel, seven and a half on uh, DK. That's exactly where his ownership is right now. So again, I just see these guys as filler. These are not the spots that I'm trying to take big stands. We will be getting to them uh, at the late night hammer, 10 o'clock spot. Who would you say your favorite play is from Golden State, though? Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre? On both sites, too. On both sites. San Antonio... DeJounte Murray, just a absolutely outrageous performance yesterday. Eight steals. He almost triple-doubled with steals. Would have been phenomenal. Oh, uh, so good. With Derek White in, by the way, which yeah, is wild. Yeah, Derek White was active. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 steals across 36 minutes. 
in the five-point win against the Warriors. He got up 19 shots in that game, too, which is really encouraging. Meanwhile, DeMar DeRozan uh, had a pretty DeMar DeRozan-ish game, especially with with Aldridge out. And I've been shocked to see that DeRozan's usage and per-minute production is up as much as it is without Aldridge this season, given how underwhelming Aldridge has been. But it is. Uh, Jakob Pertl double-doubled. And then you've got, you know, Keldon Johnson, who it's really tough to predict what you're going to get from him. Shot four for 13, finished with another underwhelming game. Let's go to uh, the Spurs, Josh. Given that LaMarcus Aldridge could sit again today with that hip, we don't know. Let's play it with him out and then with him in. We'll start with Aldridge being out. Oh, I think he's out, out. You think he's confirmed out? I thought so. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm sorry. I think you're right because he, he, I don't, I don't know if he's technically been ruled out, but apparently he's supposed to see. So yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's officially ruled out, but it looks like he's supposed to see doctors at yeah. some point. Yeah. So uh, San Antonio is my favorite team on FanDuel today. And I might even like them more on DraftKings. Uh, DeJounte Murray, uh, we'll talk about it from a FanDuel perspective. DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson are the most owned guys, 24 and 31% respectively. And I agree with both of those projections. DeMar DeRozan, I love. He's my second favorite guy on FanDuel. You're right, by the way, he's out. Okay. Uh, DeRozan, my second favorite guy from the Spurs on FanDuel, and his ownership is kind of low. So right now he's one of my favorite GPP plays. I'll still get to Lonnie Walker, who is going to be back today. So no Derek White, no Lonnie Walker. We had... Derek White yesterday and no Lonnie Walker. Now today we have no Derek White, but we do have Lonnie Walker. Just want to make sure we cover that. Um, So I'm happy to get to Lonnie Walker at 3,500. That's the flat minimum. He's 3,600 on DraftKings, picking up 25% ownership. I think that is entirely valid. When Derek White wasn't in, Lonnie Walker was playing about 28 minutes a game. I'm giving him 28 minutes in this game. And at 3,600, that looks like a nice value. You should be playing... 20% 20% of DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker. You can probably play 10% of Jakob Pertl, Patty Mills, Rudy Gay. There's so much to like here because of Aldridge and White being out. Everybody's a little bit underpriced. Keldon Johnson's price has been coming down pretty dramatically over the past uh, you know, few games. 5,300 on FanDuel now at a small forward spot looks fantastic. That's why you're seeing him get 30% ownership. A lot of cash game options coming out of the Spurs, but even in GPPs, uh, this is going to be a team that has probably the most exposure of anyone for me. All right. Yeah. And Lonnie Walker, 0.72 DraftKings points per minute this season. Without Aldridge, yeah. he's at 0.53. But uh, I, I don't know if that's worth reading into all that much when he's as cheap as he is. You know, if you're if you're projecting him for, did you say 28 minutes? Yep. Yeah. If you're projecting him for 28 minutes and you're willing to play Sterling Brown, then uh, I think Kelton Johnson, is, or I'm sorry, Lonnie Walker is the obvious play here, as a matter of fact, over someone like Sterling Brown. Yeah, I would I would take Jakob, or I would take Lonnie Walker by miles before I took Sterling Brown. I mean, oh, ownership independent at least. Right. What about Rudy Gay? It's a tricky dude, man. I never get he this guy right. He did play twenty six minutes last night, which for him is a pretty decent heaping of a heap of minutes. Yeah, he's played. He played twenty five point seven and twenty five point two in the last two with Aldridge out, and also in those games with Lonnie Walker out. But I think that we could just you know flip flop Derek White and Lonnie Walker and call that one a bit of a wash. So at that number, he's a guy, right? Uh, you don't. I don't think that he's going to suddenly play thirty. I think he's more likely to play twenty one than twenty or twenty nine. Like if we're t- if we're talking about his minutes range, I think the bottom is way more likely than the top. 
Um, so I'm relatively indifferent to Rudy Gay, but 5K on FanDuel, 4,600 on DK. Uh, from a per-minute perspective, I think it looks fine. Just not a guy that I expect to get to a lot. Okay. Yeah, and uh, this probably is the highest-owned team on the slate. You think? Just aggregate ownership on the Spurs? I can give you that answer if you want it. Sure. I, I think it probably – I'm just looking at it now. It appears that all of these guys are are getting pretty decent ownership led by DeJounte Murray on DraftKings at 31%. It'll change throughout the day, of course, and it'll get more accurate as the closer we, as closer we get to lock. Yeah, uh, San Antonio, Orlando, and Houston are the three highest-owned guys on or teams on DraftKings. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I guess I would think that Orlando, a lot of that as well. Yeah, we know where that's going, and we'll get there right now, Josh. Orlando Magic at the Portland Trailblazers. Magic are six-point dogs, 223.5 total. We need not start anywhere other than Nikola Vucevic because he has been producing monster numbers. He's coming off his two games removed from a 78 draft king point performance where if you didn't have him after the first quarter, you knew that your night was pretty much over, 43 and 19. Now he faces the Portland Trailblazers who are pretty much incompetent when it comes to stopping opposing centers, particularly polished offensive ones like Vooch. This could be an absolutely dominant performance from him, both on the boards and uh, with in, uh, in the scoring department. Two of my five favorite plays on the slate, regardless of site, are here. Uh, Vooch is my number one on both sites. Uh, and no matter what his ownership is, he pretty much looks good. 8,700 on FanDuel, 8,900 on DraftKings. Monster usage increase, assist rate goes up. Everything basically gets better for Vooch. He's running this entire show. Um, I, I basically have his GPP goal set at his projection. He's like 50-50 to just be like exactly what you need. Anything above that gets even more problematic for not having him. He's a no-brainer option. But the one that I want to talk about the most right now, because he's not getting as much ownership as I expected, Cole Anthony is 5,400 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings, and in my opinion, wildly underowned. When Fultz is off the floor, when Aaron Gordon's off the floor, we have no Evan Fournier in this one. Cole Anthony has a usage rate of like 27% with an increased usage or increased assist rate. Even if you don't want to go all the way to 27, you want to give him like 25, 26. He's wildly underpriced for what his role is going to be. This takes him from like a normal 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy to like 1.1 or somewhere in that neighborhood. I have him in the optimal lineup almost 30% of the time. His ownership is around 20%. So in GPPs right now, Cole Anthony is my favorite play of the day. I'm going to be loaded up on Vooch and Cole Anthony. I don't see any reason not to. And quite frankly, this Fournier news is, is pretty significant because it's not exactly like that he is some um, ball-dominant guard. We know, as a matter of fact, that he is not a ball-dominant guard at all. But you take Gordon, who is essentially just play, uh, operating as your point guard with Michael Carter-Williams and Markel Fultz off the floor, and you, you, you lose him. You lose Fultz first and, and Carter-Williams. You lose Aaron Gordon. And now you lose Fournier. So this team, it, you know, the only concern here in most cases would be a blowout. But Portland's down two of their best players, too. So it, 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 the, I wouldn't say it's, an, uh, it's a level playing field because they're, they're still touchdown dogs on the road. But, dude, it's, it's Cole Anthony's played 210 minutes without those guys. He's averaging almost a fantasy point per minute. You already mentioned his usage. Twenty, I have it at 29% in 210 minutes with those guys off the floor. You're yeah. right. That, that, that's a spot that I think you're going you're gonna to be hard-pressed to avoid, especially if, 
his ownership uh, is actually this low. It's not like he's unowned, but you know, it's he, oh, 25% assist rate too, which is huge. Yeah. So. And that's not it. Like Dwayne Bacon's going to get big minutes, 20% ownership on DraftKings. I like it. Uh, Frank Mason is 3,300. He's the backup point guard right now for Cole Anthony. Will play some, did play some minutes alongside of him in the last game. Uh, two games ago, they split the point guard minutes, but you know, that one might be a little bit different. So he's picking up 20% ownership on DraftKings. I think James Ennis for 3,700 on DK, only at 9% ownership is a viable value play at, at that price tag. Terrence Ross is a guy that people roster for reasons that I don't entirely know because he hasn't been any good this year, but he's still viable on a day where three other five starters are out. Yeah. And by the way, um, Frank Mason is actually a 0.92 DraftKings point per minute guy for his career. Yeah. That's not bad. No, I haven't met a 0.95 baseline rate. That's not, that's pretty solid at 3,300. Yeah, Normally not, those guys are like 0.8 guys or worse. Right. How many minutes do you think we get from Mason today? I gave him 21. So I gave him every backup point guard minute. So I gave Cole Anthony 31 minutes. I gave uh, Frank Mason 17 of those backup minutes. And then I have them playing about four minutes together. Okay. And how many Orlando Magic, it's a preliminary question, it's still early, but how many would you be okay with in the same lineup? Because when you go from Vooch to Mason to Bacon to Cole Anthony, who I agree right now, just on their own, uh, Terrence Ross, Ennis, there, there's going to be a lot to choose from. Would you be okay with three, four in the same lineup? What are you thinking? I think three works here. I mean, four is probably not an issue, but I think three would be like the key piece to it. You know, Vooch, Anthony, plus one of those other random guys would be my preferred uh, grouping. They have what? Let me see here. What do they have? Nine or 10 active players? I have nine guys. Pro- well, uh, uh, Alfaruk Aminu could potentially be back. I don't know who that's going to fully affect, whether that's Gary Clark or Chumo Okiki, um, but I'd keep an eye there. Uh, and to El Negro Loco's question about Chumo Kiki, no, you don't want to play him today, regardless of Alfaruk Aminu's health. And Aminu's been out with a knee. If he comes back, you're probably getting like 10 minutes max from him. So Yeah, they're not going to throw him to the wolves. No, I don't see that happening. So uh, top options from, from Orlando, probably a pretty important question, given how much there is going on here. Vooch and Cole Anthony are on a tier among themselves. Vooch probably on his own tier as well. And then uh, Bacon, Mason, Ennis are very interesting on DraftKings. Okay. And notice you did not even mention Ross. I mean, what does this guy need to be semi-decent at this point? Other than to score. He doesn't do anything. Just no peripheral upside whatsoever. Um, And you're not getting him. You're getting him pretty much, what, only $900 less than Cole Anthony. No, thank you. Right. The Portland side, Josh, you've got Dame Lillard in his canter, Gary Trent Jr., who's actually played pretty well. We'll start with Lillard here. He's one of the five, four players listed north of 10K, 10K and above on DraftKings. Orlando's defense has not been good. This could be one of those games where defense is thrown out the window and we just see a slugfest back and forth between two teams that are incapable of, of playing defense. Yeah, I hope that happens because I really like Dame, although he's picking up the ownership. He's 30% owned on Fandle, 20% owned on DraftKings. Both of those numbers look fine to me. Uh, I like Cantor, 7,200 and 7,500. It just so happens that I like Vooch infinitely more, but I will have shares of Venus Cantor. Uh, Gary Trent's 
price is terrifying, but I mean, he's going to play 35 or min- 35 minutes or more. Uh, Robert Covington is 6K on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. Uh, I don't mind him on the FanDuel side. On DraftKings, it's a little bit worse, but Lillard, Cantor, Trent, probably my three favorite plays here. Covington on FanDuel, but not at all on DK. Okay. Yeah, the Magic are bottom four in defensive rating over the last month, and yeah. they're not playing at a particularly fast pace, but when you're giving up just elite efficiency to opposing teams, it kind of mitigates the fact that you're playing a little bit slower. So uh, I I think we both agree this is going to be one of those games that you're pretty much forced to target here. Would you say you have any top options, priority options for the Portland Trailblazers today? Yeah, Damian Lillard for sure. Uh, Cantor on DraftKings actually, 7,500, only 8% ownership. I think that he can blow that out of the water. So uh, that would be a direction I would want to go. But Dame is a very, very, very core piece today. We have yet to see that Lillard game with McCollum out where he's just gone insane. But yeah, it's now he still had a couple, I think a couple 60 spots in there. Don't get me wrong. But I think that game is coming sooner than later. We remember last year he went on a streak. What was it, like five straight 80-plus fantasy point games? Yeah, I'll I'll be happy to have one of those today because I'll probably have like 30 to 40% of the team. His boom probability is, let's see, I'm always curious here with with Lillard. So Nikola Vujovic is number one in boom probability. Seems about right. Lillard is like seventh or eighth. But he also has a... Yeah, so Lillard is, is is eighth, which is pretty fine. Obviously, salaries factored into this. So when you've got yeah. Vooch at eighty nine hundred, it's a lot easier to boom when you're wildly underpriced. James boom Harden, goes the dynamite. Yes, that's right. James Harden's second, by the way, pretty surprising. All right, two to go, Josh. Philly and Sacramento. Hit that thumbs up, guys. I know some of you jumped into the show late and subscribe to the channel. We try and put out the best free content possible here at Awesome uh, So you guys keep coming back and, and continue to enjoy it. Maybe even add a little entertainment in along the way so it's not completely dry. But if you like it, hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow here. And really the best way to do it is to kind of trick that YouTube algorithm into thinking mm-hmm. that, into understanding that we are the best because there's no, there, there's no tricking, Josh. It's just... One day it's going to realize. Yeah, like everyone else already has. We are the best. Yeah, I'd like to believe that. Yeah. I would. Uh, well, you know, all the viewership data that I see seems to show that in spades. Yes, I think so too. And that is all thanks to you guys. So very appreciative. Yeah. Phil, Philadelphia. I thought you were saying it was all thanks to me. <laughs> no, that is not the case. Although you do a decent job with the thumbs up. Philadelphia, everyone has their thing. Philadelphia, Sacramento. Philadelphia 76ers, five-point favorites on the road, 230-and-a-half total here. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this one a little bit, but uh, sometimes totals can be a little bit misleading. Doesn't always mean that there are elite plays. And as far as ownership on the 76ers goes today, that might be the case. Not getting a lot of attention, at least on DraftKings. Uh, so Danny Green at 10.7% ownership on DraftKings is the highest number. No Maybe one else. Five corner threes again, and you guys will win a tournament. Yeah, everybody else is in single digits, somewhere in that like 6% range. Embiid, Simmons, Harris, Danny Green, all 8 to 10% in my Sims. Same story on DraftKings. I actually like Seth Curry the most at 4,200 on DK, um, but this is not a spot where you're getting a lot of volume. 
I would have expected to though against Sacramento, but uh, it's just like a pricing thing with everybody back. You don't really want more than like five to 10% of anything from Philly. I don't have anything that I truly like here. Man, Curry was struggling so bad recently. I'm hoping last game where he started knocking some shots down late in that one, got him off the schneid. They've also been, he also left one game with an illness at halftime and they've been, they've been involved in a lot of blowouts too. So yeah, I think Curry's fine, Uh, but man, he was really, really struggling, which is crazy for a guy that is such an elite shooter. Like he is. I want to spend a little bit of time on Joel Embiid for this reason, Josh. He is, it seems like all the time he goes under own. And then let's not forget, he didn't play the fourth quarter against Portland. And he finished with 46 and 37 points. Didn't play the fourth quarter. Only played, uh, and then, or I'm sorry, he played a little bit of the fourth quarter. He would have played more. And then you've got the Brooklyn game where he played 31 minutes, but also didn't play in the fourth. And if he did, maybe he did. Maybe I'm wrong, but he didn't play his full allotment of minutes. I know that for a fact. He had 33 and nine because they were up by so much. It it, it appears that in close games, you're going to get, 37, 38 minutes from Embiid if it's competitive. We saw it against the Lakers. We saw it against Miami. It's very possible. But the positional eligibility here can be difficult, even on DraftKings, because you have Vooch and you have some other centers that are either underpriced or just in really great spots. How much does that keep us from getting to Embiid, even if he's in a good spot? So on Fandle, I think it's a lot. Uh, it's, it's not just that there's one guy, but between Vooch, Cantor, and Cousins, someone in that spot is going to be as efficient from a points per dollar perspective as Embiid. And since you can only get one center, Embiid would have to have like a truly transcendent game at 10-6 to not be, or to to really get himself into that mix. Because one of those other guys is likely to have a good enough game that that extra salary opens up bigger numbers at other positions. On DraftKings though, I mean, I don't think that Embiid is all that different than Cousins and Cantor on a dollar-for-dollar basis. So I would be happy to get to a little bit more uh, Embiid in a GPP. Uh, Vooch is just on a different level. I can't, like, he's just not comparable to any of these guys. I basically, I have Vooch projected for more fantasy points than Joel Embiid today at, you know, $1,500 less. So that one is is one that I can't talk to. But if you want to take Embiid before Cousins and Cantor on DraftKings, I can get behind that. Yeah, I think so too. But as far as Vooch goes, it don't, I don't think you need to get cute there. No. Uh, Embiid only played two minutes against Brooklyn in the fourth and then five minutes against Portland, but he didn't play the final seven minutes of the fourth. So yeah. uh, to give you an idea of what his minutes are going to look like in a close game, I think you get uh, quite a bit more than you've been seeing. So the ceiling's there, there's no doubt, but yeah. you're right. Other than Vooch, you can, or uh, other than like Cousins or, or Cantor or whoever else you want to talk about, Vooch is just a guy that you you got to get in above pretty much everyone else at the position. What are you doing with the Kings? Not all that much. So only De'Aaron Fox on FanDuel is in double digits in ownership, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings. Now, I like him a lot. I guess I shouldn't have, I guess I explained that poorly. So they're not getting a lot of ownership. I think that they should. I have De'Aaron Fox in the optimal lineup on FanDuel almost twice as often as as his ownership. So he's one of my favorite GPP plays of the day. I will happily get to Buddy Heald at 6,300. He's playing like 38 minutes a game. I think he's wildly under-owned at 5% ownership on FanDuel. Same sort of story for Tyrese Halliburton at 6,400. And that all transitions over to DK as well. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is at 5% ownership. I think it should be closer to 15. Uh, Buddy Heald is at 1.2% ownership. I think that should be closer to 8. This is an easy 
easy spot for me to pick up additional value on guys that are not picking up ownership. One guy I didn't mention, $5,700 Rashawn Holmes on DraftKings owned at 9%. I have him in the optimal 16% of the time. That's just another guy where I see Sacramento as a team to really easily get, you know, 2X the field on. You don't have to really commit yourself to anything crazy. You're not putting yourself in a bad spot by getting that sort of exposure. But because there's no ownership coming in, you do get a little bit of leverage on the field on only a seven-game slate. Are you buying into this De'Aaron Fox price point, though? Because he's starting to get expensive. Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, Mostly because of the ownership. But again, I have him in the optimal lineup at 8,600, 21% of the time. So I'm not all that mad mad about it on FanDuel. 8,800 on DraftKings is a little bit less interesting to me, but... I still think that he can pay that one off. Okay. Do you have any priorities from this game? That would be the question. It sounds like there are some tournament options you feel pretty decent about, uh, and rightfully so. Nobody's getting really any ownership in the double digits at all outside of Danny Green at 10%. Would you say there's any priorities, any guys you really feel good about? Yeah, Fox for sure on both sites. Holmes on DraftKings. Buddy Heald on both sites. Okay. But Buddy Heald is like a lesser priority. His ownership just makes it so that you can get above the field pretty easy from a couple multiples. What about the rookie, Halliburton? Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, 8% to 3% for my sim to ownership right now. I've been projected for just under 30 fantasy points, 6,400. Like, he could pop. That, that's the tricky part right now. Home, on FanDuel, at least, 6,400 for Holmes, 6,300 for Heald, 6,400 for Halliburton, 6,900 for Barnes. These guys all look ultra, ultra similar on a point-per-dollar basis. They're not all going to pop. One of them probably will. I like having a bit of a shotgun blast across the Sacramento team. Fair enough. Let's close it out with Boston and Utah. Over the last month, Josh, they're both playing at a bottom 10 pace, and they both have a top five defensive rating. So, just on the surface here, I was a bit surprised to see the 220 and a half total. Mostly, though, you're talking about two good teams, two teams that can also score, but two really strong defenses playing at pretty slow paces makes this game probably uh, a little less appealing than it would be if, say, Boston was playing the Washington Wizards. But uh, here we are. It's the late night hammer. And you had mentioned earlier in the show that this was one of those games that you, 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 you said – Correct me if I'm wrong, that the late night hammer would be a spot that you're getting to a decent amount. Is it, it, Tell me why, because there's a little bit of ownership here, but both teams, very good defense, pretty slow. Well, maybe my schedule is wrong. I had all three games starting at 10 o'clock. So if that's not incorrect, if that's not correct, I didn't mean to sp- uh, show out this game because I don't really care for it all that much. Okay. Um, I thought that was we were more of a, a Kings Portland Orlando. What time is the Orlando Magic Portland game? Is no, that 10 right. o'clock? I thought I thought we were talking about the late slate hammer, but I, I now understand that Orlando Portland is probably where you were going here. Not so Nailed much it. Boston and Utah. No. So if Jalen Brown is back, Boston becomes pretty problematic. Kimball Walker's still 5,700 on FanDuel. That's a spot you have to go. He's getting ownership. Shot like absolute garbage their last time out, but I'm going straight back to it. Jason Tatum's Jason Tatum. There's never a day where he's like really good or really bad. When you're priced in the high nines to tens, there's just sort of like a spot that you're going to be. So I like getting to Tatum, but Kimball Walker is the best play on uh, on the Boston Celtics for today. I do like Daniel Tice a little bit at 4,900 on FanDuel, but not picking up any ownership, so that's mostly just a GPP play. And if Jalen Brown is in, which I'm expecting him to be, I don't really have any interest in Jalen Brown. Kemba Walker, though, despite shooting four for 20 last game, just awful, 
He did play a season high 33 minutes. So that's got to be encouraging. Yeah, uh, I have him in for 33 now. He's slowly getting back there. If the shots start falling, he's going to blow it out of the water. But the value is there. Feels like a couple years ago, if Kemba Hat was like limited in minutes for a while, shooting like garbage, there's no chance that he's 28% owned here. Now he's still just going to be the chalk. People are going to continue jamming him as they should. Uh, it's a no-brainer play as far as I'm concerned today. Even in a tough, slow defensive matchup against Utah, the price tag is just too low for what he does. Do you think Jalen Brown does play? I do. Okay. So then that just makes this team a whole lot less appealing because if he's out, we're having an entirely different conversation here for sure. Especially yep, we're on talking Kemba about Peyton 16. Pritchard and all those other guys that are going to have to soak up an additional 30 minutes. But for now, I'm not interested. All right. Utah Jazz playing, you know, the best basketball we've seen them play in quite some time from Mitchell to Gobert to Conley, who is sidelined for this one. Yep. I guess that means that we have to start with Mitchell and we have to start with Jordan Clarkson, who I think if the season ends today, he's got to be the sixth man, the sixth man of the year, right? I have no clue. I think whatsoever. he is. I don't know who else it would go to right now. There's a couple well, I'll of good tell you ones. This, he's the worst play on the slate. Okay. Hate him today. What's that? I don't like the I don't like the price. I don't like the matchup. I don't like the pace of this game. He's 33% owned on FanDuel right now. No interest whatsoever in Jordan Clarkson, given yeah, that ownership. I, I hate that ownership. It, it, Clark, even on DraftKings, he's 18%. He's almost 20% owned. Like yeah, he's, he's 6K on DraftKings. Yeah, I know. He, he's been good from a like when it comes to how he has produced for Utah, there's no doubt that he has helped the Utah jazz this season. And he's yep. been in, instant offense off the bench. You have to appreciate that, but he's not giving you any type of, of legitimate peripheral stats to put up solid enough games at six K. Like he had that one really strong game not long ago because uh, I could have won a tournament had I gone him over Jordan uh, over Mike Conley, but I didn't because I'm dumb. I uh, played 33 minutes at 45 DraftKings points, but that was 31 points on 11 for 21 shooting. Aside from that, you just aren't, you know, we talked a lot about Zion, right? With Jordan yeah. Clarkson, it's, it's very unlikely that you're getting those blow up games. And it seems more likely that you would get that bad game where he shoots poorly. than he goes off and has eight assists and seven rebounds and a handful of stocks. Yeah, it's not a fun sweat because Clarkson's always looking for his own. I just think that there are too many other guys that I would rather get to. Like Eric Bledsoe on FanDuel is unowned, $100 more expensive. You get out $5,900 for Eric Gordon. I would rather just pay up and get Harden or DeMar or Donovan Mitchell or Andrew Wiggins or pay all the way down to $3,500 Lonnie Walker, $4,100 Dwayne Bacon. I don't need to chase all of this ownership in a cash game. I think it's a different story, but I think he's a terrible GPP play, particularly on Fanduel and at 6k on DraftKings. It's, it's, it's not all that great either. I'd rather get to Mitchell and I would much rather get to Joe Ingles. At least I think his ownership is valid. 4,500 on Fanduel, 5,800 on DK. He's not really picking up ownership on DraftKings, but Mitchell and Ingles are the two guys that I have my eye on. All right. Yeah, uh, before we close this out, spend a, another second here on Donovan Mitchell, just talking about him without yeah. Mike Conley, who is having a bit of a resurgent season after last year being outright dreadful for almost the entirety of the season. Mitchell on the season has played 374 minutes without Conley, 1.19 DraftKings points per minute, 31.9% uh, usage rate, and an assist rate of almost 30%. Those aren't bad numbers, Josh. It's just... No. 
on DraftKings at 8,100. The slate has a lot of quality options today. You already mentioned you like De'Aaron Fox quite a bit. He's in the same neighborhood price-wise as a few other guys. Like, Does Donovan Mitchell do enough here to get into a decent amount of your lineups, just given what type of talent there is surrounding him tonight? I have him 16.1% to be in the optimal in FanDuel. He is owned at 16.0, so I'm happy to still get to Donovan Mitchell. Looks like a good play. I actually have him a bit under-owned on DraftKings at 8,100, so I really like Mitchell today. Uh, No reason to avoid him. I think he's the best play from Utah across both sides. All right. Overall, top option that is above 10K today on DraftKings. Ooh, okay. Uh, Luke... Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Okay. I thought you were going with Luca there for a second. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get zero fantasy points if I try to take Luca today. It sounds like that. Uh, yeah, Damian Lillard for me too. And then who would you say the top value option is? I know you can you pull that up right now. It's tough. We don't have news in certain spots. Maybe yeah. the Detroit news actually is relatively impactful if everybody is out. But as it stands now, who would you throw out there? Lonnie Walker at 3,600. Okay. Yeah. I think we talked about that well ahead of someone like Sterling Brown. I think Brown's ownership comes down quite Agreed. a bit throughout the day. Josh, tell them about your contenders, the, t- uh, the, the process show, all of that great stuff yeah. entirely free here on the YouTubes. Absolutely. Process show, Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Come join me, drink some coffee, start your day off. I'm going to go through every single team. I'm going to project out their minutes, project out their rates, check to see if anything's changed, go through injuries. I'm doing my build process that I do every day, only this time I'm turning the camera on. Uh, We did our first one today. You can go check it out. It's archived on our YouTube channel. Uh, So go watch that. And then immediately after that, I turn the camera off to the stream. I turn it back on to record my contenders videos. It shows my top 10 plays on FanDuel, my top 10 plays on DraftKings, two separate videos again that's coming out monday through friday uh somewhere in that neighborhood of nine o'clock and then usually i'm on the strategy show after that um sometimes with uh this man right here that's right and if you like free content we got plenty of it at awesome obviously i would suggest checking out even if it's the express or the weekly or the monthly or the annual one sport all sport doesn't matter we got something for everybody but maybe you're not in the position to do that right now that is okay The NBA player rankings are free today. The golf ownership projections, the NHL top stacks, all of that. And Alex, uh, Adam shares deeper dive. It's an amazing game-by-game breakdown of every single game. It'll be out later in the afternoon. Remember, everything available in podcast form. So if you miss these shows or you don't want to put your phone in your pocket with the screen open on YouTube because you don't want to shell out for YouTube premium, just listen to it in podcast form. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you prefer to listen, whatever platform, we've got you covered. So stick around, check it out. Later on in the day, we've got plenty more content coming up from the PGA Strategy Show to the NHL Strategy Show, the Deeper Dive Live Before Live, and the tip-off. You're going to get three hours of premium content, premium, free premium, but it's it's that good. Uh, today, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time, we'll see you guys back here soon. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us.